This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sal Akata back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Final hour of the show. EJ Stewart will be on to take you through the overnight at midnight. We started the show talking about the, I guess, controversial call that the ump or decision that the umpires made to take a look at the call in a Yankee game where, you know, Aaron Hicks trapped a ball. They ended up seeing it on the big screen. I mean, you know the story by now. If you don't Google it. No, but um, it was supposed to be the last out of the inning, and Terry Francona of Cleveland did not challenge it, but the umpires still came together and looked at it and overturned the call and got the call right on the field, sending the Yankees back out there and Clark Schmidt or whatever, and it led to, uh, you know, the Indian the, – the, uh, darn it. I went the whole show without saying it. Well, it led to the Guardians scoring a couple of runs in that first inning. Yankees, though, would come back and get the win in despite of that. But anyway, the, the focal point was that I think the umpire should be applauded for getting a call on the field right. I don't know how we got away from that being the most important thing. Call on the field was right. That's what it should be. Anyway – that's that. Yankees, though, get the win. The Mets get a big series win as they beat the Padres out at City Field in the rubber game as well. Tyler McGill was pretty good outside of giving up that bomb to Juan Soto. And that was one of the furthest home runs I've ever seen hit at City Field. I mean, that was just an absolute bomb from Juan Soto. But the Mets come back. Alonzo, you know, one thing I didn't mention that I wanted to get to, and we'll get back to your calls here in a second, 877-337-6666. Tiki and I talked about this the other day. I filled in for BT on with Tiki on Monday. Talked about the idea that Pete Alonzo is, he has to be motivated by what Aaron Judge did a year ago. Alonzo prides himself not only on his power, but on his game overall, but specifically has talked about being the game's best power hitter. You know how much pride he took in the home run derby. And then if you are like that, thinking you're the best power hitter in baseball, and then you see a a guy in your town, same town, you shared the town with him, you see him go out there and break a record last year and then get the contract that he got, there's no doubt in my mind, remember Pete broke the rookie home run record, there's no doubt in my mind Pete Alonso was on a mission to surpass Aaron Judge's total from last year. There's no doubt in my mind he's been motivated. And he's off to a great start with six home runs right now, leading the league. And the Mets need it. They get Nimmo, Lindor Lindor also homered. Nimmo had three hits, drove in a couple runs. That's how the Mets are built, and that's how they get that win yesterday. But more specifically, Alonzo, who's been on a tear to start the year, no doubt in my mind he is motivated by what Aaron Judge did a year ago. 
as there's that little, you know, competitive nature between the two. And I'm not saying that they don't like each other or there is a competition, a true competition between the two, but I definitely think there's something to it. Oh, yeah? If he could do it, I could do it. Pete's just got that personality, and I love it. Anyway, 877-337-6666. We also talked a little NBA postseason as we get set for the playoff matchups, in particular with the Knicks getting set to to start their first-round series with the Cavaliers on Saturday, which is going to be fun to watch uh, as well. And the Islanders clinching, which means all five winter teams are in the postseason for the first time since 1994. Rangers, Islanders, Devils, Knicks, and Nets. It is going to be a fun couple of weeks. 877-337-6666. Richard in Manhattan is on the fan. Richard? Sal, before I get to my NBA points, uh, it's unbelievable that the Islanders got in. I mean, last night, the Penguins at home, a team that they're 35 points better than, Blackhawks have nothing to play for, Penguins at home, and they get slaughtered. Good for the Penguins and their fans. I was happy about that Can you imagine that? No Malkin, no Crosby in the playoffs, no Ovechkin in Washington. It's not good for the NHL, those stars. Ah, screw the Penguins. We've seen enough of them. See ya. Bye-bye. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather have three locals in it than the Penguins. What are you, Penguins? Of course. Come on. But that's got to be one of the biggest choke jobs in sports ever. Agreed. They they did the Islanders a favor because the Islanders got, uh, you know, messed it up the other night against the Capitals, and then the Penguins go right back out there and one-up them. But at least the Islanders weren't home, so I mean, yeah. that, that excuse. But still, right, they shouldn't have lost that game to Washington, who had nothing to play for. And look in this playoff, uh, the NBA. Uh, the Lakers barely won last night overtime, but the uh, the other uh, road team won, Miami won, and tonight the Bulls won. Yep. So at least two Bulls out of Bulls are the first 10 seed to uh, advance, I believe, is what I read. Uh, and, you know, you always say, oh, in the NBA, especially, the Game 7 at home is the most important. Well, these are Game 7s, these play-in games. So I guess the home, home court, I mean, the only difference being is they're not the top teams, but still they're playing against competition that's equal to them. So you would think a home court would matter. And uh, it doesn't matter. In the, in the NBA, it used to matter more than anything. I yeah, mean, it, it, is, right. it is surprising to see that not really be the case. Right. And look, you get with these playing tournaments, you get four guaranteed elimination games yeah. where you had the two uh, tonight and then you'll have again two on Friday. Yeah. Uh, as far as the NBA playoffs, it, it's really shaping up a lot of good storylines. Now, the first one to me, in the West, you got the Clippers, the Lakers, Phoenix, and Golden State. None of those teams won 45 games. Now, all four of them, out of the four, all of them have a chance to win the whole thing. Not likely, but Golden State, you know, who knows? And if one of those four win, no team in the NBA history has ever won 45 games and won a championship. I think the lowest was 47 by the Rockets. Hmm. 30 years uh, I think the year, the second year after uh, the when they that, beat the Magic, uh, was that it? Yeah, ninety five. After the Knicks, yeah. right, right. Yeah. I think that was a ninety seven, uh, a forty. They were a six seed too, and that was a forty seven uh, team. Uh, Interesting. Uh, I don't even remember that. Yeah. I, mean, I remember them winning back to back. Obviously, right, right. So this could shape. That up was when, oh, remember they traded for because they didn't have Clyde Drexler. They traded for him that year at the deadline, right? Was that? I don't remember. Oh, you, you remember the win total, but you don't remember them trading? Yeah, somebody told me that. That's why. That's oh, the only I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. And thank you for the call, Richard. I'm pretty sure they traded for Clyde Drexler midseason that year. Maybe that would add up to what you're saying. I don't remember them being that bad. I remember the finish. 
but I'm pretty sure they traded for Clyde in season the year after they beat the Knicks in the finals and then went on to beat the Magic in the finals the following year. Why are you going to bring that back up? I'm trying to be excited about the postseason. I want to remember the good part of 94, not the bad part. Jimmy in Jersey City is on the fan. What's up, Jimmy? My man, Sal, keep sitting in that seat, man. Maybe the Yankees go on to 20. Once he get back a few weeks, they'll go on a nice long winning streak. Yeah, I don't care how many games they win. This seat's nice and comfy, I'll tell you, at these hours. Hey, hey I know you like that. <laughs> this hour better than work at midnight. I know you do. Well, why? You want, you want me to lie to you? Of course. Uh, the, you know, the overnights take a toll on you mentally and physically. I feel like the shows are better, too. That's right. They are much better. You got the better callers that are doing this time. No, I don't know about hey, the callers. My energy is better. I, f- I feel better, which makes it better. And maybe the callers. I think there's a different uh, volume of callers, too. Hey, question. With Boone, like he said during that, during the break where you heard, that, that's the whole thing what he's trying to say. You know, they, the umpires got the call right when they first called it a double play. Now the Yankees come off the field. So what the people in Boone why you get kicked out was because now during that time they showed the instant replay. Like who does that? That's what that shit Cleveland people went back and did. Showed the replay. Then the umpires came back out and changed that call all way past the 15 seconds. That's why Boone got kicked out. No, so I know, I Yankees, know that. Nobody's saying Boone did the right thing. Aaron Boone explained himself very well. I thought he did the right thing going out there yelling at the umps. He should do that. However, the bottom line, the end result was the call was gotten correct on the field. Can't argue with that. Exactly, but they went out the wrong way because you know that was Buck. You'd be hooting and hollering if Buck got screwed, just like Boone got screwed. Oh, Boone did. Ball. Boone did get screwed. Boone did. Nobody said Boone didn't, and it has nothing to do with the Mets versus the Yankees. I don't understand why Yankee fans can't see this. No, I'm just going by about the manager. Hey, question. But what is that? Yeah, what do you mean the manager? I'm. Uh, it's a, Boone did the right thing. I applaud Boone for doing what he did. My point is that the umpires ended up getting the call right. I don't know how people could be mad at that. Oh, they're mad because they went about it the wrong way. Like Boone said, they but, did it totally but, but wrong. But they got the call. I understand why Boone's frustrated with it, but they got the call right, ultimately. Like like the call before, so that'll be like uh, Cole striking somebody out. They're sitting in a dugout, all of a sudden they show the replay. They come back out. That, he can't, that's he just kicked in. How he about Aaron Hicks makes the catch? How about Aaron Hicks actually catches a ball out there? Hey, well, you know how I feel about Aaron Hicks and DJ LeMay, who shouldn't be on the team. You know what DJ stands for, right? I can't say it on the radio, but that's what it really stands for, just so you know. Sal, he's hitting 235, one home run, three RBIs. Now he has a quad injury. Come on. Sal, I've been working out, lifting weights, playing sports for 50. I'm 59 years old. Never never had any of these injuries that he comes up with. Toe injuries, quad injuries. Now he's got another injury. I tell you, get rid of that guy. He is not good Yeah, LeMay is one of those guys, Jimmy, you need in the postseason. He's been their best hitter in the postseason. Listen, all you guys, you got come on. You know baseball. Sal, you guys, they're living on the past. 21st year, 27 homers. 94 RBIs. He he's horrible, Sal. Last four years, horrible. Nah, horrible. I, I still think he's a good hitter. Hey, yeah, he's got to stay healthy, Jimmy, and thank you for the call. He's got to stay healthy, you're right, which is frustrating with LeMayu. It seems like it's always something. But LeMayu, you know, remember I talked about before how Volpe, how Torres, how uh, Oswaldo Cabrera, these guys could be difference makers for the Yankees in the postseason. Same thing with DJ LeMayu. He's a different type of bat that the Yankees need to have success in the postseason. They missed DJ LeMayu terribly last year. He's got to be healthy. You're right about that. But when he's healthy, there it's you can't be more productive than he's been with the Yankees, especially in the postseason. When you think back to him being clutch, I mean, I can't forget the 2019 postseason with LeMayu. It's not that long ago. You're just dismissing a guy who could be their best hitter when healthy. Dan is calling from Sparta. What's up, Dan? Hey, what's going on? Hi, Dan. How you doing? Good. How are you? 
All right. I had a, I had a couple of things. Um, the first thing is, I, I'm, I like, I, I grew up as a Yankee fan, mm-hmm. huge Yankee fan. Same, you know, since since the bad times, you know, in the eighties. Um, and I just wonder. I want to like Aaron Boone, but I feel like uh, would would Aaron Boone put Kirk Gibson in 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 that in the '88 World Series to 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 hit against Dennis Eckersley? Based on now they're doing all analytics, and is Tommy Lasorda? I have a couple of things, but is Tommy Lasorda like the you know the last of the true? Uh, no, yeah, no, Lasorda's a long time ago now. As much as I love him, he's not the last of the true man. I mean, Buck Showalter's still a true manager. Look, you can have guys that understand and apply analytics and data, but also be an old-school manager. I think you're seeing a few of those guys. I mean, you had Tony LaRusa still in the game as recently as last year. Dusty uh-huh. Baker's still in there. Buck, as we yeah. mentioned. I mean, there's still some old-school guys that are around baseball, but now it's a, a lot of guys that are just... Uh, for lack of a better term, data applicators or puppets for the front office applying the data that the front office wants them to apply. <clears throat> yeah, and, and I wonder, like, well, how much time then would it take before, uh, like, you know, AI takes over managerial positions where they just, you know, they they do the they it's all a computer and they it, it right. just it bothers me. You well, know, like, I think you I think you're onto something. I mean, I think eventually you're going to see umpires replaced. Uh, yeah, umpires, right. managers. Right. I mean, like, right. why not? You could have the general manager, and plus, you could save on the cost because you don't really need a manager. You could just have the general manager. But that's horrible. <laughs> manage. He could manage the game from the front office. Have the data and analytical department just manage the game from the front office. But the, t- the, the thing about baseball that I loved, and that was my sport growing up in high school, and I, that's the only sport I excelled in. I loved it, and uh, the human element was was the biggest thing of the game. And it seems like they more and more every year I see, and it makes me not want to watch anymore because of, they're taking more and more of the human element out of the the sport. And, how old and yeah, you? it's boring. It's boring. It can be boring, but it can be the greatest game of all. It's definitely know, not it, boring. How old are you? I mean, some people do think it is, but they're not baseball fans. How old are you, Dan? I'm 47. Uh, so you're you're still young to be fed up with the with it to the point where you don't want to watch anymore. Well, it's well. No, I mean that and cable television. <laughs> I yeah, don't well, want to get into that. <laughs> well, that's that's a whole different story. And thank you for the call, Dan. Uh, look, you're a baseball fan. You're going to watch. It's not the same. You have to evolve. The sports evolving. Fine. I don't love that we've gone to a point of. And remember now, it's starting to come back the other way, where stolen bases are being a big part of the game where teams now are going to want to put the ball in play as opposed to just strike out and launch angle and all or nothing. You know, the launch angle, home run, strikeout, all nothing type players. That still exists, but I think we're starting to get back to the actual game of baseball where speed may matter, where defense may matter. That, to me, is what's important. Now, the pitch clock is not traditional, but it does make the game go by at a better pace. I don't think anybody could argue that. As far as the replay, I hate it. I hate the idea of robo-umps. Although these are things that you have to accept. And 
And it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. And you're right. I do think, uh, all, all kidding aside, maybe 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we're going to be seeing robot managers. Why well, have a manager? We just have a computer do it. Tim is calling from Hicksville. What's up, Tim? <laughs> you got me laughing. You don't have chat GTP as a manager in yeah. uh, 10 years. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> listen, um, uh, focusing on the positives, uh, I know a lot of people were talking about the negatives for the Mets so far this year, and, and there has been some, but um, one of the positives I see is uh, two kids knocking out the door, uh, Batty and, and Vientos, uh, both uh, really uh, killing it down there. Vientos had another big game. Uh, just some of the things I want to run run by you um, uh, with Vientos, and I think he's the one that, and also Batty's also close because of Escobar. But in a, in 120 games spanning from 2021 uh, in AAA, he um, has a 292 uh, batting average, 31 home runs. 82 runs batted in, 82 runs. Um, the guy uh, is 23 years old. Um, it's a good problem to have, and, and I wonder how they're going to move forward. But uh, if these guys keep knocking at the door, what do you think uh, they're going to do to Mets? And they're gonna, I'll hang up and listen. They, thank you for the call, Tim. They're going to get an opportunity. Now, I can't speak for all of them, but Beatty's going to get an opportunity eventually. If Escobar continues to struggle and Beatty continues to perform, Beatty is going to get the call up. Maybe early May, maybe... I would think you're going to give Escobar at least a full month. Maybe the end of May, maybe before Memorial Day. I think you're going to see Beatty, though. Assuming things go like this. Now, if Escobar starts raking, then, you know, Beatty may be held off a little bit. But Beatty's going to play. Assuming the Mets continue to struggle offensively, assuming Vientos, Beatty, Mauricio all continue to rake in AAA, somebody, if not multiple guys, are going to get called up. You know, Mauricio's not going to be ready to play defense at the major league level because he doesn't have a position right now. they got to move him to the outfield, and that transition is not one that's going to take place this season. You're not going to see Ronnie Mauricio in left field at City Field. But maybe he could come up as DH. Before that, you would think Vientos would get an opportunity as the DH. If not, either of those two guys could eventually be traded. But Beatty's going to be their third baseman at some point this year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. 877-337-6666. More of your calls, whatever it is you want to discuss on this Wednesday night. Sal Licata on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Sal Licata back on the fan. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Got about a half hour left. EJ Stewart will take you through the overnight. Your calls the rest of the way. It's been a couple of different topics, mainly the umpires and how they handled the call this afternoon in Cleveland. But overall, good day for both the Mets and the Yankees. They get two Nice wins to win their respective series. Yankees have made it four straight series wins to start this year. The Mets have won three of four, but the one loss was a bad one. I mean, they get crushed by a good Brewers team getting swept in that series, kind of putting a bad taste in Mets fans' mouth that they're finally starting to come out of now, and now the Mets will be off tomorrow before they head to Oakland on Friday night and begin the 10-game West Coast trip. Three in Oakland three in L.A., I want to say, and then four in San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken. I actually got to get the schedule out. Do I have the schedule here? I usually have the schedule printed out here and in my folder. I don't think I updated it. Did I leave that at home? That's annoying. Anyway, I can just look it up online, but I don't like doing that. I like having the old school newspaper one, and I have it on my desk at home. I must have forgot to pack it. Anyway, that sucks. Uh, And the Yankees will be set to take on the Twins, so the Yankees will have a bye here. Yankees play... Um, starting tomorrow night uh, against Minnesota. And you know what that, you know, I mean, we all know what happens when the Yankees meet the Twins. I don't care how the Twins are going or how the Yankees are going. It's a buy. So the Yankees will have a nice, easy four games here coming up with Minnesota. No days off until Monday. The Yankees will be off Monday the 17th. Four straight uh, against the Twinkies. Uh, but you get 7.05 starts tomorrow and Friday, and then Saturday is a 1.05 game, and then Sunday a 1.30 game. Yanks have a nice little homestand coming up here. Twins for four, Angels for three, which will be exciting. Shohei Otani and Mike Trout will come to town. Uh, Yanks also play the Blue Jays uh, the following weekend, and then they hit the road for a little bit uh, against the Twins and the Rangers. So a fun little schedule getting going here. For the Yankees, they'll return back home. And it'll be the first time at home that we see them against an American League opponent this year. Start of the year, of course, with the Giants and the Phillies. And then have been on the road for the last seven games. And now we'll come back home tomorrow night. Mike is calling from Louisiana. What's up, Mike? Hey, Sal. How you doing? Good, Mike. How are you? All right. Originally from New York. Uh, haven't picked up a Cajun accent, even though I live in Roggenjee country around here. Um, the call. <clears throat> On uh, the first inning, mm-hmm. there's so much going on there. And I agree with you that you got to get the play right. In fact, you know, going back, you know, when they show the Yankee highlights from the late nineties and all the runs and when they do that Jeffrey Meyer play, it pains me because I think they should have gotten that call right too. <clears throat> so agreeing there in part, but there's just so much else going on, you know, the rules interpretation. And if you really go down that line about getting the play right, we could probably pick up a number of other plays that the umpires should review on their own. And whether it's a ball or a strike call or, you know, other things that go on that aren't part of the normal things, it's just so much in there. 
Agreed. And I agree. It's, thing, mess- it's messy. Yeah. It is not black and white. But if I just simplify it and say, hey, look, they got the call right. Like, what are we making a big fuss about? I think it's much easier to, to make a big deal about if the call was gotten wrong. That would be the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I agree on that part. And by the way, you know, and you kind of alluded to lightly before Hicks, uh, you know, not playing center field for a while. You know, the first hit that went to him, he muffed. Correct. Like the second one, kind of a shorter fly ball that he got, you know, leaned on his elbow and that one in. That third one that he, you know, in and out of the glove uh, was kind of in that same genre. But if he hadn't muffed the first one, they wouldn't have been in that situation for that uh, that play that was the controversy. And it was funny. You know, I kind of saw it as they went left to the break. It was like, and John Flattery said, oh, yeah, uh, Hicks played it cleanly. I'm like, I don't think so. And just before they went to commercial, if you watch a replay, of the whole game, you'll see they're like, yeah, okay. And they went and that's it, you know, and all of a sudden they come back and then there's all that review right. going on. No, I know. So, uh, I was I was watching, thinking the same thing you were. Uh, you were, and I saw the look. Aaron Hicks used to be a tremendous defensive center fielder. It's one of the reasons why Brian Cashman, yeah, yeah he's one of the reasons why Cashman signed that big contract. I used to love Aaron Hicks as a player because there aren't many good center fielders in baseball, and especially at the time mm. where the Yankees signed him. You know, Hicks is a guy who had some big, uh, you know, big hits, big homers. He had some pop in center field. And like I said, his ability to to play defense out there, he was great. Was is the key word here, yeah. and he's got to make it. those plays yesterday. Those are not that difficult plays. He's if you mm-hmm. can get your glove on it, you better catch it. And he didn't twice. Yeah, I mean, two out of three, he he missed. Right. And whatever happened. So if you're looking at that, and he's trying to work his way back in, I mean, I think he got a hit or two t- today. But uh, that that the defense now all all of a sudden, and he was showing that in left field last year. He wasn't as good defensively. Agreed. And if he's not playing great defense, and thank you for the call, Mike, then what's his value? Because we know he's not hitting. Uh, I think it's a matter of time. The Yankees have to make a decision when Harrison Bader comes back. But I think it's a matter of time before they move on from Aaron Hicks. I'm not sure what the answer is exactly other than just cut him. He's got no value at this point. Why is he on the team? He doesn't want to be here if he's not getting an opportunity. Every time he gets an opportunity... You know, the fans are going to get on him. He seemingly fails. If he's not providing defense, he's even if he starts getting going a little bit offensively, it'll never be enough to justify if he's not playing great defense. You know, boom, and the Yankees know it, too, what the opportunities or limited opportunities he's been getting. Jamie is in New Rochelle. What's up, Jamie? Hey, Sal. How you doing? Thank you for having me on tonight. How are you, Jamie? Thanks for making the call. I am great. I uh, wanted to talk to you about that botched call where I agree with you that it's always right. You want to get the call right. That's 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 what it's all about, correct? But what is a call? A call is a set of rules, correct? And when you put those set of rules together, the umpire makes a decision based on what the rules are. Well, if there's a rule that says you cannot throw a challenge flag after a certain amount of time, is it ethical to get one rule correct by breaking another rule? Well, it's not a rule that they were trying to get correct. They were trying to get a call on the field. That's why everybody I'm saying is fixated with a rule. I'm talking about the call. But what is a call? I'm an umpire. A call is a rule. No, it's no, it's not. It's based on a set of rules. No. Okay, you, know, you know what a call is. Getting the play right on the field. You want to get the play the 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 play on the field, the actual play. You want to get that call right. I, I understand what you're saying. You want to make the correct call. Okay. So there, but but 
if if I let's say the umpires made the the call out, even though that mm-hmm. call was incorrect, it was incorrect. Okay, but that call is based on a set of rules. So okay. what would have been better for the game? The umpires saying, "Hey, you know what? We're just we know that call was wrong. We're just going to let it go because there are rules here, and you know what? You guys didn't challenge within 15 seconds, so everybody would have been happier with that." But you're but what you're saying is is you should break one rule to correct another. What rule. I'm saying is get the call on the field correct. That's what I'm saying. I it's agree. very simple. I, that I agree with. You okay, so then the we agree, on. and they got it right. Well, so what do you care really, how they got it? You have a set of rules, and because you have, they need to correct the rules is what they need to do. Uh, agree. Also agree. A, because you have a set of rules, you should go, abide by those rules and not break one rule to correct another rule. Right, but they were maybe breaking a rule. And by the way, I don't even know if that is the exact case. I mean, we're assuming that's the case. But maybe they did that to get the call right, which is the ultimate goal. So to me, I don't care how they got there. The ultimate goal was achieved. Now, you want to tell me, and they're going to have to figure out a way to clean this up moving forward because you can't just have it be the Wild West where you know, one team, one umpiring crew could do it for one team, but then it's not going to be that way consistently. So they're going to have to be some kind of clarification here. If the goal is to get the call right, which in my mind as a fan of baseball, if they're going to have replay, I want them to get the call right. They did that. So how could we complain about it? I, I can't disagree with that. I, I, my my stance is though, you you yes, the call was incorrect, unfortunately. Right. But it was but it was a, the rule. There is one rule that says you have a certain amount of time to challenge that. Now, where I do agree with what you're saying, but morally, I, I don't. You're breaking. You're you're going against a rule to. Right. something else. Uh, I understand. Uh, I understand. And look, like I said, I'm not saying that the way that they went about it was right, Jamie, and thank you for the call. I mean, ideally, you'd like to see the umpire actually make the call on the field correct in the moment. And you could save all the sloppiness and the messiness that followed. That's the grand plan. Get the call on the field right the first time. Don't have to worry about this crap. But ultimately, I just care about the result. And too many times we watch these games, the Mets were impacted negatively by it on Easter Sunday, where there was a, to me, uh, watching a replay, runner was clearly out at second base on a stolen base attempt. Alvarez threw him out. The Mets didn't challenge, probably because they're scared off, because it's got to be a, um, what's the word that they use? Enough ev- conclusive evidence to be able to overturn it, and it looked close, but he looked out. To me, he was out. Next batter, base hit, run, scores. Then he get a home run later in the inning. Alvarez can't throw anybody out the rest of the game. It ruined the game. Now, it happens. Bad calls happen, and it's the Mets' fault for not challenging that. But ultimately, I like them to get the call right on the field, right? That's what replay's there for. Get the calls right. In this case, yeah, it hurt the Yankees, but it was the right call. How they got to overturn it, it's not right. Cleveland should have challenged it right away. Really, what should have happened is the umpire should have made the right call, but then Cleveland should have challenged it right away. Remember, though, there it wasn't just like it was a cut-and-dry play. Francona, I think, was focused on the runner scoring above anything else. And then after that, there was some confusion, but the umpires, I guess, took it upon themselves after they saw the replay and heard the crowd reaction, which is why Boone got mad, because they shouldn't be able to react to that on the on the big board and with the crowd reacting. And the umpires might have done that. 
it seemed like they did. The only way that they didn't is, let's say, if somebody saw it, you know, one of the other umpires that didn't make the call saw it and said, hey, that ball dropped. We probably should take a look at this. But either way, however they got there, right or wrong, and I'm not blaming Boone, certainly. He's in the in the right 100%. Ultimately, the game is best when the call is correct. And they got the call right. What was the negative impact by the quote-unquote rule being broken? What negative impact did that have on the game? You know, you guys keep talking about the broken rule, the broken rule. Well, what negative impact did that broken rule have on that game? Whereas if the call was not overturned, I can tell you the negative impact that that rule would or that that call would have had on the game. Obviously, would have taken the runs off the board for Cleveland. Would have changed the entire game. Jack is calling from Staten Island. What's up, Jack? Hey, Jack. Jack is not with us. Bob is calling from Columbia, New Jersey. What's up, Bob? Hello, Sal. I I love you. Thank Uh, you. Thank you, Bob. Love you, too. I appreciate that. What's on your mind? Okay. um, Okay. um, Actually, you just bring up a a point. The, The reason that the umpires got together in the first place, what had to do with the run at third base, because it it bring up a fourth out situation, which is an oddity that even though the, there was the third out had happened at second base based on what they called, uh, they still had to, uh, even though, even if the runner didn't go back and tagged up because the Yankees left the field and didn't appeal him leaving early at third base, that run still could have counted in, because, of the, because of the timing play. Right, if he uh, scored know, that, before you know, the out at second base, right. Right, even if he didn't go back, even if he you know, actually wasn't, you know, it, it didn't matter. So, uh, so they got together, discussed that, but at the point they did that, it turned off the clock. The, the challenge clock was still, as soon as they went to Tio and said, do you want to challenge this? He could have challenged it, but scored. He could have challenged the catch. He could have, he could have challenged anything. Uh, so that's basically what happened. Well, how do you know that? Where are you getting that info from? Uh, there was a, there was a, a, a Yahoo, uh, 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 thing where it said that they uh, that Yum said that they discussed this thing and and at the point they went and discussed the thing it turned off the clock. This is an article that uh, I'm reading by uh, Gary Phillips mm-hmm. from the Daily oh. News. Okay, on Yahoo. Uh, oh, and, here and, we and, go. But, yeah, and he's and and, and and the Umps basically say they don't mention the fourth out. They they just said they they convened to discuss the timing of the play and and if the run is scored. They concluded that it hadn't scored. I went to Terry, and at that point, Terry immediately challenged. So, and and he's within the rules, and basically say, as soon as we got together, it turned the clock off. The umpires so on the field. I'm, all right, I'm reading this article. This is on Yahoo. I don't know if it's the same one. Phil Martinez here. This is uh, on Yahoo Sports. I'm reading it right now. The umpires gather. Let's see. The umpires on field called it a catch uh, and out at second as the Yankees ran into the dugout to prepare for the next inning. Only the next inning would not happen for some time. Blah, 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 blah. Let's see. The umpires gathered together, and once they spoke, they asked Guardians manager Terry Francona if he wanted the challenge, uh, which happened after the 15 seconds allotted by MLB. Uh, Francona but asked for a replay. But as, soon as, this, but as soon as the umpires had gotten together to discuss the scoring thing, they basically turned the clock off. and it, it, it Basically, it, it, you know, it opened up a can of worms that he could challenge for anything. 
15 seconds given to managers to review a play was implemented in the league's push to speed up game. However, since the umpires gathered to talk it over, it gave both managers another opportunity to challenge. Um, right. Yeah, this is not the article I think that you're talking about. Which one? Is, which one are you saying? Where are you finding, Bob? I'm seeing an. I'm seeing the article. It's by. Uh, it's by Gary Phillips. It's. Uh, I, I did find it on Yahoo Sports too. Oh, uh, Aaron's ejected early over rules debate. Uh, Yankees rallies uh, secure win over Guardian. Uh, yeah, I have to check. Oh, yeah, check it out. Plus, plus, as you, as if you were having. You know, as of last year, uh, as of two, what, two years ago, they couldn't protest the game anyway. There's yeah, no right. Well, and, and Boone talked about that. And, and thank you for the call, Bob, and for the insight. We'll see if we can find that. We can take a break here. We'll come back and wrap it up with your calls, of course. But either way, once the umpires gathered together, I want to find out what the reason that they gathered together was. Was it because somebody said, hey, we botched that call? Was it because they wanted to figure out if the run scored before the out was made at second base? Uh, th- there was a lot going on there on that play, as Francona said. So, uh, you know, I want to hear from the umpires where I need to see their comments after the game and their explanation. I know what Boone said. I know what Francona said. I want the umpires' explanation for it. 877-337-6666. Finish up with your calls on the other side. Salakata on the fan. All right, we got a couple of minutes here. So some clarification. I was doing some reading during the break. And one of the articles I found from The Athletic, has some quotes from the umpires here. Played umpire Chris Guccione, I believe is how you say his name, spoke to a pool reporter after the game. And he was talking about it because Larry Vanover got hit in the head with the throw. I mean, it reminded me of Jay Bell years ago. He threw a ball right in the umpire's face. And this was Andres Jimenez firing a relay throw in, finding somehow Vanover, who was trying to get out of the way, hit him directly in the head. Anyway, according to Guccione, Vanover was the one who said, hold on, we've got to fix this, because he probably saw it up on the board. Hold on, we got to fix this, before calling over the rest of the umpires to get together. And after they met, they decided to stick with the original call, so it wasn't overturned there. They stuck with the original call, but because of them meeting, by rule, once the umpires convene, they're allowed to give the opposing manager's a chance to request a replay. Doesn't matter about the 15-second challenge clock if that's up or not. Both managers then given the opportunity to challenge the decision. And Francona obviously chose to challenge. Uh, Guccione would go on to say that uh, Francona challenged it right away. He was uh, ready at the time. He didn't have to check or anything. He promptly challenged. So they did the rest, and it came back with the decision from New York. This is according to The Athletic. So there you go. The quotes from the umpires according to uh, Brandon Cuddy of The Athletic. And that should clarify it up, man. Right or wrong, they get the call right. Tom is in Halidone, New Jersey. What's up, Tom? Hello. All right, Steve is in Rockland. Steve, what's on your mind? That's Halidone, New Jersey, Sal. Oh, okay. <laughs> what did I say? Halidone? Halidone. It don't yeah. sound a little too much like methadone. Anyway, um, so now that there we go. You got the clarification, but here's... Here's where I think Boone got really, really frustrated in the moment. There have been, there has been at least one occasion so far, and this goes back to what you were saying about cleaning this mess up, okay? There has been at least one occasion so far since the regular season began where the umpires got the call wrong, and with the Mets too, where they got the call wrong, and because the challenge did not happen within the 15 seconds, the bad call was allowed to stand. Right. And I think that that is where his 
that was where, you know, and I just, I'm not, and there was confusion on the field. I don't think they went to him and said, hey, look. And obviously the umpires didn't go to him and say, hey, look, by rule, because we were talking about the blah, 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 that was a restart of the I don't think that they explained that, but there's the rub. And I totally well, they might have. They you. might have said that to Boone, but Boone didn't care because he's saying, "Well, I don't care." Well, then why'd you guys convene? You gave him an advantage. <laughs> you know, he's pretty mild mannered for the most part. I, mean, I like Boone. I thought he. Yeah, I thought he handled I, this perfectly. I thought he had yeah, the right I'm, temperament. I'm just saying that when he gets, when he gets, you know, when he's ready to go, he does it. In style, you know. I mean, agreed. You know, no, he gets his money's worth. I, I love, does. but I love that that you could be so mild mannered and even killed, and then when the time calls for it, you get that's right. You get heated. That's, that's right. That's how it should be. So that and, is exactly how it should be. But that's that's where it is because at least, and it's probably been more than once where the fifth they didn't get the, the right. So the then that's the, but that's the bigger issue. And thank yes. uh, thank you for the call, Steve. So then that's the bigger issue. That they need to figure out how to clean this up because the point of the freaking replay is to get the call right. So all the fuss was being made about what today? The fact that Cleveland shouldn't have been allowed to have that play looked at, right? Well, that's the wrong thing to be arguing. They should be arguing, as I've been trying to do here for the last five hours, that if you have anything, any issue with what took place in Cleveland, it shouldn't be the decision because the decision was the right one to get the call right. It should be the process in which Major League Baseball has given these managers the short time to review these calls. It's not right. Are they trying to get the calls right or not? The end result should always be getting the call right. And that was the result, which is why I don't think it's a big deal. Other than you calling and saying, you know what, I've got a problem with that 15-second rule because it's hurt the Mets and the Yankees before, and now Cleveland was helped by it, and that's not right. That's understood, but then they need to change the rules. All right, that does it for us. Connor Green did a great job all night long. We'll be back again tomorrow night following the Yankees postgame right here on The Fan. Coming up next, EJ Stewart will take you through the overnight. Thanks for everybody listening. Cold, I appreciate each and every one of you. See you tomorrow. Sports Radio 101.9 FM, WFAN, This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.